0: Hi, I'm Rob, and this is Dad Sofa, a podcast about the things that connect us. Whether it is a rained-off attempt at a trip to the pub, or string theory, a cycle to Cornwall, or a chat in the sea. We talk about the stuff of life, what makes us curious, the stuff that connects everything, the spaghetti of life. Come and join us, get comfy. This is Dad Sofa. On Wednesday, it was the day before I had to stand up in front of people with a medal around my neck. I had to say things that might inspire, and introduce a speaker who was a great and long-standing friend of mine, so my wife told me to get a haircut. You look scruffy, she said. I can think back to when I first really remember having a haircut, which was carried out in Marble Alley in Studley. The barber asked me to get up into the chair because I was small. He had placed a plank over the arms for me to sit on. He proceeded to cut my hair, and my mum, preoccupied, didn't notice what he'd done until she was walking me down the road afterwards. Suddenly my hand was jerked backwards, and she was saying, I'm taking you back to the shop. I immediately knew something was afoot. He'd cut too much off, and my hair was sticking up in lots of places. Her first words she bellowed at him. As he'd just started to cut the hair of a near-bold gentleman were, What the hell have you done to my son? You've skinned him. Look at this. She pointed at my hair, one of the tufts sticking up she walked into the old gentleman's sight of vision, the one sitting in the chair trying to have his hair cut, and she said, Don't let him cut your hair. You won't have any left by the time he's finished with you. The barber went straight to the till, slapped a full refund in my mother's hand and advised her to leave. That was my last trip to Marble Alley. As one may imagine, after that, I took control of my own haircuts from as early as I possibly could. By fourteen, I would travel up to the water tower near Headless Cross, to have my hair done. Then it was my turn to be given short shrift by my mother when I came home one day with punk spiked hair, more sticking up than on that fateful trip to the alley. My mates loved it and that was all that mattered to me at the time. Eventually, I got into a rhythm of going to the water tower and Ziggy, a glamorous peroxide blonde lady, started cutting it. After about her fifth attempt, she said one day, you know, I think I'm beginning to get the hang of your hair. The visits to the barber are symbolic of one's own life. An opportunity to see the face gradually change, the grey that appears as one gets older. The idea becomes more depressing with each visit. After moving around the UK and returning to the Midlands, I was shocked one day, 30 years on, at Barron's in Selly Oak. There was Ziggy, and so she cut my hair again for a few more years. As my kids have grown up, I started to notice Tom getting a real interest in having his hair cut just so. He had very specific demands and requirements and would turn up after having had it skinned at the back and sides. He was often not satisfied, but I could never tell the difference between good and bad. I then started to realise that this was a Birmingham thing. He had developed a Peaky Blinders hairstyle. The series has had a huge influence on the city's culture, and it was slightly bewildering to see my son skinned in just this way. That first year of his new hairstyle, I was doing a race in Norway, and after the event, I got talking to a couple of American lads. They clocked my accent and asked where I was from. They were both wearing beanie hats with Norwegian flag material. I just said Birmingham. Now when I was younger, if I was asked this question by someone from the US, they would look confused, wondering if I was from Alabama, or just none the wiser. So I would always have to qualify it by saying near Stratford-upon-Avon. I would then get knowing nods from people. Those who knew Shakespeare, at least. Studley, being halfway between the two, made sense to me to tell them that. But as I went to say this, I was stopped. The guy said, Oh, wow, Peaky Blinders. I explained how my eldest son had a Peaky Blinders haircut, and the one lad just pulled his hat off to reveal that he had the same cut too. Soon after, of course, lockdown came, and we were all stuck inside. All the shops closed. So I mail-ordered a set of barber's shears, which came in a box with scissors and all different levels of cut for the shears. It was my eldest, Tom, who volunteered to cut my hair. He was pretty good at shearing off the sides but was less keen on fading in and trimming the top, so for quite a while I looked like a mushroom. I grabbed hold of the hair and showed him what to do, based on what I'd seen over the years. A great example of the blind leading the blind. Hmm, not that bad, my wife said. After three cuts like this over a 9 months period, the barber was intrigued by what the hell had been going on in my absence. One day Tom came back from a night out. It was morning, and I don't think he'd slept very much, and may have been full of the joys of life in so many words. This meant that his concentration was not going to be at its best. I think he might even have still been drunk. I asked if he could cut my hair. At one point I felt a sharp searing pain in the back of my head. Oh God, he said. What? I've just cut a large chunk out. Hm. He then started laughing, a little hysterically. Not what you hope from somebody doing your hair. But then, so did I. But more nervously. Am I bleeding? No, he sniggered again and decided to stop. He just said, It looks awful. I just said to him, I'm not sure that's the kind of thing that a barber should be saying to his um, customer. Oh God, my wife said when she came through. What the hell? It was a case of just growing it out. It was less embarrassing than when, at the age of 19, I had my hair highlighted. It really didn't suit me at all, and it didn't help that I worked in a lab with a lot of older gentlemen. They could hardly breathe through laughing. Even Professor Foster was in on the joke and came in specially to see me. I never did colour again, and even now will only go grey naturally. After Tom's abortive cut, the next time I went to have the cut done at the barber, I had to explain what had been happening, and that I couldn't ask for my money back, and we agreed that you get what you pay for.